<laughs> you, you mentioned the wounded healer yeah. part there, Jane. Is, is there anything you could say a little bit on that around what maybe made you the wounded oh. healer? <laughs> okay, so I have less than an hour. So uh, yeah. uh, do you want me to start in and then just cut me off when it's time? <laughs> <laughs> And in week right. one of our interview with Jane. On the six-part series. In this 27-part series, we will also be discussing. Right. right. Okay, so I'll just, I'll just... You can have that, I think, for any therapist. Welcome to Therapy World. Straight talk. Mental health. Straight talk. Mental health. Straight talk. Mental health. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. This is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast where, like the title suggests, we straight talk mental health. Meaning we cut out all the bullshit and the stigma around mental health and we straight talk through it. This week, we're straight talking self-love with Jane Tornator, a therapist from the States. I'm Cameron Clark and sitting next to me is Alan Clark. Alan, say hello. Hello, Cameron. How's it going? <laughs> that was first formal. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Alan Clark, uh, psychotherapist, and his son Cameron Clark. A new, a new dynamic in the talking of <laughs> mental health. <laughs> Father and son, you too can listen in as my eldest son abuses me in many different ways. <laughs> listen as he abuses me about my taste in music, my taste in TV shows, my just general talking. <laughs> I definitely need some self love because I ain't getting it from you. Uh, someone has to do it. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you take it and run with it anyway. <laughs> Self love. We're not talking masturbation. Oh, we can be. Maybe it is. Maybe that's how you love yourself. But, uh, we have Dr. Jane Tornator. We hope we're pronouncing her name properly. She's a therapist and a speaker from the states. So looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Um, that kind of self-hatred and that inner critic is particularly prevalent in Ireland. We definitely have an inferiority complex and. It's not nice to talk nice to yourself. You know, Speak you for yourself. Getting, can't be getting notions. Good. Well, I'm glad I've. I'm glad I bred something good into you. <laughs> you didn't get the. You didn't get the bad back. You got a bit of confidence. So mm. it's all good. Uh, what's been going on with you? What's been on your mind? Work. Work. Just work. Just work, uh, work, just work, these, work. Con- these constant changes in the the plans for when they're opening. Mm. Brought in now. Yeah, I still I still think they're gonna they're gonna dump it. Just going to the Shannon or something is like yeah. The there's a there's a lot of people opposing it. it. Yeah, but it passed. It passed in the doll. Only legislation for it, oh, which would be kind of getting past GDPR about asking people if they're vaccinated because at the moment we're not allowed to do that. Did you see what it is? I got my uh, I got that certificate thing. The green no, it's just like a little just like a little passport thing, is it? No, it's like a page. It's like one page, but it has uh it's just like a QR code on it. And oh, then and you just scan like, it. Yeah, but sure Pope's not gonna have that like. No. That's grand if you're flying out to another country. And then all it has on it is your name and your date of birth. I was talking, I was saying to a client and I said she was talking about it and I was like, Oh hang on, I got mine there this morning. And I was looking at it, I was going, I would have that I would have that forged in Photoshop in one minute. I was like, no, actually, scratch that. I would have that forged on my phone in 30 seconds. It's, really, it it's, a, it's cheap looking, is it? It's just, well, you've got your QR code, and then it's, and then the only thing identifiable is your name and your date of birth. Mm. Is it small? So, like, can you fit in your wallet? 
Uh, I don't know. I just have it on my phone. I didn't print it out. I presume when you print oh, it out, right. it's just an A4, an A4 page. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it would be an A4 page tonight. Oh, Jesus so Christ. So what are you going to do? Like, hand out to the pub and go, okay, right now, show me more ID. Or, okay, I just take that. I change my name and my date of birth to someone else's. And I go, yeah, that's yeah. me. Yeah, look, there's, there's Cameron Clark. There's my date of birth. Silly, silly stuff. Yeah, so that, that's all that's, that's on like my mind. You're going to stop people coming in or... People, our our biggest worry is that, like, say, say a group of five are going to come in and maybe three of them are vaccinated and the other two aren't. Mm. We just have to tell the other two to fuck off and go yeah. back home. Yeah, bad form. Mm. Giving people more reason to fucking hate us. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Yeah. What about you? What's going on with you? Yeah, it's not, it's not fair. Not fair to put people in. You said, it, you said it here a few weeks ago, like, you know, some people on minimum wage and you're asking them to kind of police this and... You know you're going to get yeah. abuse, like you know you're going to be getting a lot of shit. You know it's bad. It's fair enough. It's mm-hmm. part of the job. And you're telling someone, "No, oh, I'm not serving anymore. You're too young," or something like that. But you, mm-hmm. you know, I said the majority of the issues with this would be narky grown-ups, like like the, the you're not vaccinated and, and, and you can be in there. You can serve them. Mm-hmm. So divisive in the country, which is understandable. Mm. You know, and I say that as someone who has the certificate and has been fully vaccinated. You know, it's like, wrong. It's wrong for it, people that are still waiting. It, it's one thing telling somebody, okay, you're too young, you can't drink. That's that's mm. part of the law. But if somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated, it's probably not the right choice, but it is their choice. Yeah. And we're kind of just telling them, okay, well, you can't get in because you have certain beliefs about this vaccination, which in fairness to them is a new vaccine. Mm. It's not like, I, I don't agree with anti-vaxxers at all, but it's not a ridiculous concept to think that maybe some people are concerned about. Yeah, the, but I think... But I think, you know, that's kind of based on ignorance, though, because everyone says, oh, mm. this is rushed through, you know, this mm. is, you know, they're after pushing this through, but this isn't rushed through, like, this is based on previous research. Of course, yeah. This is based on previous vaccinations, based around SARS, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. And all of this shows is that, well, when we fund science and these businesses work together in the research, this is what we can achieve. Mm-hmm. But it, w- it would be kind of the same as maybe not letting somebody in because of a religious belief. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't concern the safety of other people. No, it doesn't. But yeah, that that's how we look at it, and it's kind of, oh, in shit. a way, I mean, it's, it's, dis- it's discriminatory bugs. to nah, kind of say, say to somebody, well, you're not getting, like, okay, I don't feel comfortable getting vaccinated. Maybe not yet. Yeah. Now, I, I think everybody should get the vaccine. Yeah. But at the minute, it is kind of discriminatory that, yeah, to just say... You but can't that's get the power of that's the power of choice. I mean, yeah. you can choose not to get vaccinated, mm. but the then consequence the consequence of that is you don't is get this. the benefits of being vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's that's everyone's choice. You know, every, everyone is entitled to that, but you have to live with the consequences of mm. your of, of your choices, and it's wrong. You know, it is, and I think the two of us are saying it is. It's flat out wrong to mm. to put people in that position, to put staff in it, and to to you know. So you take anyone. What what age group are they on now? Are they on the under 40 25 to 29 are starting next week now yeah. 18 to 34 can go to pharmacies and get the johnson mm. and johnson vaccination but 25 mm. to 29 as part of the hse start next week yeah so how is that fair on all of them like they're waiting that's not their fault they're yeah waiting. and i know i know we talk about the pub kind of every week we come on but at the minute it's kind of the biggest controversy in the country mm. when it comes to being vaccinated, people want not even just with pubs, but for restaurants, people wanting to dine indoors. It's kind of, every week there's a new change which outranges people more. Yeah, and that's what we talk about here. 
Yeah. We're, we're not alcoholics. We, no, we, no, we no, it's mostly food, yeah. We're talking yeah. around the food side of it. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, I mean, because, uh, like, Ashling's up to north. My girlfriend's up to north. Mm. Uh, we can go up there. We can we can dine indoors and stuff like that. So we're talking, like, well, you know, maybe maybe next weekend, maybe yourself and, and the older kids come down or Ethan, James's little buddy, or son, and they wouldn't be able to come into the pub. She wouldn't be able to. Mm. Ethan is underage. James is underage. He'd be able to come in with me. She wouldn't be able to come into the pub. We had um, a lot of people from the north in at the weekend just because of the you know the bonfire yeah, thing that yeah. goes out that went on the north on the 12th <laughs> yeah so the, there was a lot of people that came down kind of to get away from that mm. and um they were all talking about how it's just so weird yeah like having to come in here and you know you, you can't go inside unless of course you're staying with us yeah and they just said it's such a strange dynamic coming from the north where everything well, it's not completely normal but it's a lot more normal than it is down here well, I mean, bar bar wearing masks, everything else is normal up there. Mm. Been up there, but that's ridiculous. I mean, so I was in, I was in the in the hotel there a few weeks ago. Mm. We could have dinner in the hotel, and then we could go into the bar. Yeah, where's the fucking sense in that? Like, no, it's 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 strange that they haven't. I I've like from last March, I've been kind of with the government. Just they're looking after us, mm. but the last couple of weeks, they've um, even I've started to kind of trickle over to the other side of okay maybe they don't know what they're doing anymore yeah and that's i mean you can be anti-government but that doesn't mean you have to be anti-vaccination they they can be exclusive Mm -hmm. i I, i've said all along i said it with clients a couple of weeks ago that the only consistency has been the inconsistency Mm -hmm. it's been so ridiculous like it's i wonder you know for for any of our listeners around the world let, let us know what you think of this bizarreness that we face but australia's locked down again isn't it or it is Sydney yeah they're, or... they're starting to you can't get you can't get into the country did you know no yeah that's fucking crazy man mm. total like you know fuck off even people that can't get back in but it's, it's what we should have been doing from the start they're an island yeah, they, yeah. They, and that's like i know they're kind of back in lockdown now but they were out for a long time oh yeah yeah because they just locked down the airports like okay well nobody gets in so as soon as we get rid of the cases that are here there's no more yeah well, while we're on the the negative side of things, I'll get my riles out of the way. <laughs> right, since on. um, since eighteen to thirty four year olds can get have been able to get vaccinated now in pharmacies, I've seen a lot of eighteen to thirty four year olds say they're not going to get vaccinated. But the whole <laughs> way through, they've been saying it's not fair. Ha- yeah, ha- like how important is this to be safe and all? Yeah. And now that they have the option to be safe, they're kind of backing out of it. They're like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to get it yet. <laughs> it's just, like. Now that they have the option, it's like they're taking it away from themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. None of it. None of it makes sense. And people no. are pissed off. People just want to want to return to normality. Mm. Um, and and we all do. But I don't know. Just very very difficult to make to make sense. So mm. your own your own age group have you riled? Oh, they they always do. I've always got a problem <laughs> with my own generation. It's a love hate relationship with them. They, yeah, do, they yeah. do some good things and then they do some really stupid shit. Like they find some <laughs> weird hills to die on. What? They find some weird hills to die on. Uh, I've never heard that expression before. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're too old. <laughs> That's what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what's it? Die on your own hill, is it? What is no, it? you pick, pick some... a hill to die on. It's kind of like know. sticking with an I've argument. Never heard that expression. Really? All oh, right. Yeah, no, I've never heard that one. That's that's I a new I one. Was, I thought it was kind See, of. See, I'm, cl- I'm clearly not fully fully down with the kids. No. I need to take on a few more. Well, in fairness, you're you're getting too old. You should not be down with the kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
God. Once you get to a certain age, being down with the kids shouldn't be an option. I can't help but I'm cool, man. Can't help if I don't look my age. <laughs> yeah, still, still, I'm I'm stretching it out. I got the fresh cut this morning, you know. <laughs> off, off, There's not much left to cut. Fuck off! Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> It's like it's it, like Arthur. Are you kidding me? Out. My hair so thick. My my charger. My barber charges me double. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not take her on the side, and maybe a little bit no. of the back. That's perhaps not yeah. not too thick, but <laughs> I get that skin fade at the side. <laughs> Any other royals apart from your own self? Maybe you know. Maybe Doctor Jane later on can help a little bit of that self love around it's, it's, your own. It's ge- not, your it's own, not your own generation. <laughs> not myself. I'm great. I'm gonna get vaccinated. You're great, good man. Good it's man. it's the rest of my generation I have a problem with. We go on holidays. We should go on holidays when we're vaccinated. Yeah, with all this money I have to save. <laughs> well, you're not getting into fucking Australia anytime <laughs> soon, so <laughs> we might go to Lanzarote again. Mm. <laughs> you can get twisted on daiquiris. <laughs> yeah, man. Everyone gets twisted on daiquiris. Uh, oh, remember that? You were fucking locked. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, just like cocktails. No, no, no I can drink. No, she's drank grand. A couple of strawberry daiquiris. And there's, you're so, like, there's so you much alcohol twisted. in them. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we go on holidays again. That was good yeah. crack. I enjoyed all of It was good crack. Except with the wind, cycling as we cycle in Lanzarote. Oh, yeah. Just everywhere you went, you were cycling into the wind. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't seem to go with the wind. Yeah, and oh, my arse was killing me from the saddle and them bikes. I could barely walk. <laughs> they were really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So any other rails? No, no. I think I think I've I've hit it. I'm going to stick to one and a half. We'll call we'll call the pub one half a rail as well. <laughs> it's kind of just been a constant theme every week. Yeah. What What about uh, outside of work? What have you been up to? It, it's been work. <laughs> just work. That's it. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows, but uh, Empire staff are kind of getting worked at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Very difficult for you. Mm. So we had Lloyd on last week. We spoke about defense mechanisms. Did you learn anything last week? I learned that it, it took Lloyd a few minutes to come out of his shell, but once he came it out, took, he was, he was, he was more, a while to get going. He was happy to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, def- definitely um, definitely took him a while to warm up, all right. And mm. that's that's understandable. He said at the start he was he was quite nervous about coming on. He's a he's a big fan of the podcast, mm. and um, he was clearly starstruck with the two of us. Us big uh, celebrities. That's, that's 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 what the issue was, of course. Uh, he's a nice guy, wasn't he? He was. He was very nice. Yeah. And them fucking them injections into his head, man. Jesus, yeah, can you imagine that? Kind of... Holy shit! Like, but he was all like, he was very open about kind of how the benefits of therapy. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously is a good thing for you, you know that. You know, <laughs> yeah. You were like plugging me. I was like, yeah. I'm not making that enough lights therapy. Well, he's <laughs> hope, plugging your, he's plugging your career. Mm. Yeah, like it's just nice to see that because like it's obviously an important thing to do. So it's yeah. good to see people who actually take part in therapy that aren't you. <laughs> kind of talk about how good it is. Well, any of our any of our guests that come on that have experienced mm. therapy, they always they all actually you know would be a good if if anyone out there has had a negative experience with therapy. You know that that would be a good thing to cover as well because there is bad therapists out there, and people do have bad experiences. I've had many of those people that have had very negative experiences, and I've had to come along and go, "Oh no, actually, no, no, that shouldn't have fucking happened. Mm. Shouldn't have said or done that." Like that's that would actually that'd be very interesting. I think to get definitely not the so second side there, of it. Yeah, if anyone has um, has had negative experiences of therapy, and I've, like I said, I've had a few, and they can do a lot of damage because that can be enough to, to put people off. Fortunately, they've, well, yeah, they've well, decided that's, to that's kind of decided to come back. You go to therapy to get to get help, 
And then if it just yeah. ends up making your situation worse, a, a bad situation that just gets worse then. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but that, that piece around the, uh, the injections into his head. And he said it wasn't even so much the needles into the head. It was So for anyone who didn't listen, you can listen back to last week's episode on defense mechanisms. Lloyd had emailed a show around emotional repression, something he has done, and we spoke about that from the point of view of depression of uh, defense mechanisms. Mm. Um, when Lloyd then developed a needle phobia, he was three months premature, his hair only grew in patches. So from like a kid up to a teenager, wasn't it? Yeah. Weekly, he had to get injections into his skull, um, and was whatever they injected into his head. It wasn't so much the needle, but it was obviously when the stuff they injected in that obviously was so tight on his on yeah. his scalp. Um, understandably, why you develop a, a needle phobia. Um, you, you can't yeah, see it nice right guy. now. I am took, took I'm him, physically him. squirming at the thought of it. Oh, I hate it. I hate needles. Do you? Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to convince Ashley to get the fucking to get the uh to get the vaccine. She she doesn't like needles. I hate them. But the vaccine is grand. It's literally mm. like because uh, I, I give blood regularly mm. and I thought it can be uncomfortable. It's not painful, but they're like, Oh yeah, that's that's in there. I know that's yeah. in there. Um but it's literally like a pinprick for like a second. It's absolutely yeah. tiny. You're but you know, you barely feel it. So there's nothing nothing to worry about there for anyone that does have any kind of needle phobia about the yeah. about the vaccine. It's it's fine. You're absolutely fine on that yeah. side of it. So yeah, directly uh, into your skull. Yeah. Lis- listeners couldn't see it. it was the same last week when we talked to Light. I was very visibly uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. hearing the needle talk. So I can't imagine yeah. how, how Lloyd felt. Yeah, light light was a bit uncomfortable on the show as well. Yeah. So um, what I had to do, so I edited. Peter hasn't. Peter's not available. So the last couple of weeks is all me doing everything, sourcing guests, editing the podcast, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, social media posts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I've done the the kind of big edit. Sometimes you have to record things. I was saying because like, oh, we may go back to that. Record that at the end. You had to cut that into a piece cut out any technical difficulties in the recording or anything like that. So I'd done all that. The whole thing was topped and tailed. And then I listened back to it. And what, what Lloyd did particularly at the start was so, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up cutting out four and a half minutes of, so, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> and then once we once we got going, he was fine. But obviously, yeah, that, he had that to warm discomfort up at the start. But yeah, um, and that's that's okay. That's that's all right as well. Um, it is you know you are talking to two complete strangers and you're being quite open around your mental health and your family and your background and stuff. Like yeah, that. But, it's not it's not like going on a stand like a normal podcast. No, you are no. You're, you're going deep into your own feelings with it. So yeah, a bit of uncomfortableness is probably warranted. Absolutely, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and he enjoyed the experience. He he texted us and he emailed afterwards, and he was mm. very grateful for the experience. And we were very grateful to him for for coming on and sharing his story. Um, so a huge, huge thank you to 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 Lloyd for reaching out. If you want to come on, if you want to share your story, you can do that. You can email the podcast at hello at stmhpodcast.com. You can follow us on all the social media. Give us a retweet if you see it on Twitter. Give us a share on Facebook. You can't do much on uh, Instagram, can you? Give you can put like. us on your story. Put us on your story, can yeah? I, I'm not very good at that. Put us on your story. Cammy is down with the kids, as he is one <laughs> of the kids. Um, you can leave comments. You can leave ratings on iTunes. If you want to do that, please do. Yeah. Did you see Heather got our joke? <laughs> talk about the, talk about how long it takes for a punchline to land. She got her joke. What? Yeah. 
Where, remember, remember we talked yeah, about no, no, last like, week. I, I remember the joke. Where did you say she, she got it? She didn't. She uh, she sent a tweet. Oh, um, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally missed a joke about the iPhone until I listened back because of the delay. Well played. I like a good blind <laughs> joke as much as anyone. <laughs> so for anyone that didn't hear, we had Heather Hutchison on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking blindness. And we were talking about, you know, the kind of technology that's available. A lot of blind people use an iPhone. And I was like, huh, ironic. <laughs> she, and she didn't hear it. <laughs> it was a very awkward, very it was awkward at the joke because it didn't, at the time, it just did not land. Yeah. But, uh, well, so we were discussing it last week. And obviously then as Heather listened back to last week's episode, she heard it. So thanks for listening in, Heather. And thanks again for being a, for being such a great guest. <laughs> and definitely one of Cameron's, definitely one of your favorite episodes anyway, wasn't it? I really enjoyed it, yeah. You, you did, you loved that one. Yeah. So, you know, it took a week, took a week, but my punchline landed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, so that's that's some good stuff around the show. Also around the show, P sent me an email last night or this morning. I can't remember. I woke up to it. So Fionn, who does the music that you hear at the, at the top and the tails at the at the start and the end, had a song featured on Love Island. Apparently, one oh, of yeah? the songs. Yeah, I don't watch Love Island. I will Neither never subject I. myself to Love Island. But um, but yeah, apparently one of his tunes was used on Love Island. That's pretty cool. Good for Fionn. Yeah, and it all started here. Well, it's not as we good get, as getting your your song on today's. But well, this is this is how it started. You know, we we yeah. shout him out there every every week. F O B beats. You know, you can follow him on Facebook. Hit him up. Blah blah blah. We give him all of that every week. People, producers of Love Island obviously heard us, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, who is this F O B beats? We, who's this young Fion guy?" They're we, avid we listeners this guy. to the yeah, straight talking <laughs> mental health podcast. Same as Sony and Harry <laughs> and the government. <laughs> the government. <laughs> oh God! Did you? Um, did you have some ice cold water from the fridge? Yeah, it kind of tasted a bit metallic, though. I, metallic. I, I think, think oh, you need to filter. run. I think you need to run some of it through. No, I ran. I ran it through. That's just the fucking lime scale in the I water. Actually, got got a bit concerned when I started drinking. I was like, "Oh fuck! I don't know if he's if he sorted this out yet." No, I sorted it out. Yeah, filter fitted and all of that. For anyone who didn't hear last week, we got a new fridge. Got a new fridge in the house. Didn't work. Sent a technician <laughs> out. Didn't work. Had to get a replacement. Got a replacement, so it has to be plumbed in, so you can get your cold water and the ice out of the, you know, from the freezer side of it. So I said to James last week, I was like, "Oh, this this would be good, you know, go out and do a little bit of work together." And they know he never helps me, like, "So oh, you can help me, you can hand me, you know, you hand me the tools and all this kind of thing." And he never helps, like, <laughs> Pete talk about his son and he's like, "Oh, drill or anything," and he's in. James is like, "Fuck that shit, <laughs> no way, I'm going in to watch TV or play the PlayStation." <laughs> Sometimes I can get him around. But Jesus Christ, the hassle I had. So the the cold the the cold water inlet underneath the sink. I was like, right, I'm gonna need a gonna need a connection. There's only one one inlet there. So I won't name the I won't name the shop, but let's just say it wasn't a hardware store beside your work <laughs> owned by your boss. Let's just say that. <laughs> all right. So I went down there, told your man, I said, Yeah, look, I need a I need a white splitter for the for the water inlet. I'm gonna need to plumb in the fridge. Oh just oh no, wouldn't have anything like that now. So he goes off for a few minutes. He comes back with all this copper and brass pipe. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What's he giving me this? No, you wouldn't be able to get that and to fit that there now. Yeah, you can see that there. I brought a photograph and all. It's like, but it's just your standard standard inlet. Yeah, no, Jesus, no. What you'd have to do there now is you'd have to have, you'd have to get this and you'd have to get that. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, but oh, this is really denting my masculinity in front of James here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in there going, yeah, I need a, need a white splitter. And he's putting me firmly back in place. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. 
So and in my head, I'm going, no, that's not right. Oh, fucking, I was like, no way, that's that's not right. I know he can get a white splitter. So I text my mate Simon, who's a plumber. He didn't get back to me, but uh, so I said plumbers to James, tend not to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone else is waiting on the plumbers. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Well, he was obviously busy. Uh, so I, th- I said to James, I bring Supermax. So we drove down to Junction 14 there. Uh, we sat outside and ate. And the new uh, Willoughby's, is that the one in Monastraven? Is that the hardware store? Jesus, I don't know. The one, yeah. on, the, the one on the street there in Monastraven. Mm. Not that there's fuck all in Monastraven, yeah. but <laughs> shout out to all our listeners in Monastraven. So I went in there. And they can't like, listen oh, to us from Monastraven. There's no service. <laughs> no broadband. <laughs> They're still on Walkmans. <laughs> <laughs> the iPhones we... haven't quite landed in Manishraven yet. No. <laughs> CD players haven't quite landed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you. I know we do have listeners in Manishraven. I know we do. Um, we just, of course. So I was like, no way. I was like, I don't fucking believe that that's, that's the only option to get that. Because otherwise I was like, well, that's pointless. The fridge is now redundant. Like, it's just going to be a, well, if you keep food, but. You It'll know, be a fridge and freezer. Yeah, you're yeah. waiting for the extra feature that you know that you need. Went in, walked out. I was like, come on, James, I just down here. Walked in, picked the fucking yoke straight off with the shelf myself. Like, up to your man. Oh, yeah, 4 95 Thanks very much. Fuck's sake. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's a good job. It's like, I just knew. I knew. It's like, I know there's a splitter. I'm nearly certain I got one years ago. And sure enough. So yeah, I won't be I won't be going to that place for any of my plumbing supplies in future. <laughs> <laughs> and then the hassle to put it in. Oh my god. I said to James, I said, James, just give me just give me about an hour with this, all right? I said, I'll tell you what, you can win you can play the PlayStation uh, for your hour and then I'll I'll join you for a few minutes then. No. And then Nanny came in and she's standing over me talking to me. <laughs> like, will you go away, woman? <laughs> trying to fucking work here. Fingers are raw red off you, trying to tighten stuff and all of this kind of thing. Should have got a plumber. I should have got it, but didn't need a plumber. All I needed was that fucking thing, and and I did it myself. So I was pretty, you know, I was I was quite happy with it then. Din, did you, you have crushed ice or did you have ice cubes? Did you I didn't put ice in it? Didn't put. Ice? Oh, geez, what a waste! Don't know why you bother. Don't know why you bother. <laughs> all, um, your, all your time you, wasted. I know. This will impress Cameron. This will earn his love. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, ice. oh my god, I was I was on defense there, but now you got ice. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> That's really it's so old for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have unresolved issues from childhood. You've won me back. <laughs> um my big royal. Did you watch the match? Well, she can't have the match on the poker. I, w- I watched the match. You watched it? Yeah. The Euro the Euro twenty twenty finals were on in twenty twenty one, Italy and England. Who were you cheering for? You may ask. Obviously not the English. Yeah, yeah. And this this is a real difficulty. And I and I was thinking about this and you know, I tried to be impartial. You know, I was like, look, Adina's met her life over in England. I love London, it's one of my favourite places in the world. I've got loads of family in England. But when England's or when Italy scored, I was like, yes, fucking yes, yeah. <laughs> involuntarily shouting it out. And I was kind of thinking, like, what is this? And a part of it is what's bred into us. You know, it's just generationally. As next week, we talk about generational trauma. Um, which, oh, shit, which I didn't know we were talking about that. Yeah, we got a big, we got a big <laughs> guest next week. Uh, I'll, make, I'll make an announcement on that later on. Um, and, you know, it's bred in. It's, you know, English, Ireland was colonized, all of that kind of thing. And all of that but the, the problem i have is and as became evident afterwards and we go yep that's why no one wants to yeah. win anything because that is of the exactly fucking english why. fans the way they react 
That, I, yeah, like, so three of the penalty takers I missed were black, was it? Yeah. And there's just racist abuse. I think a couple of mm-hmm. people have been arrested for the racial abuse on Twitter mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then there was, they were storming the place, they were wrecking the place. And and absolutely, they're, they're 100% a minority. But that's just what people associate with English football. Yeah. You but know, it, like very... the actual English players themselves, I have no issue with. I don't want to see the mm. English players lose. I want to see the English fans lose because they don't deserve to win anything because of the way they react when their players lose. Yeah. Like, that's disgraceful. Like, you know, and the mm. other side of that is, you know, 19 year old taking the, taking the last penalty, you know, mm. it was like, but, it, but they put themselves in that position. They got the early goal and then they just mm-hmm. kind of sat back. Yeah. You know, so that they kind of brought it on themselves, which was, you know, whatever decisions were made at that time. But yeah, it was definitely that, that minority of English fans, I think is what the rest of the world are like, yep. Yeah, this this is why you can't have nice things. That's why everyone went for Italy, yeah. Yeah, but the thing the thing that you know always uh, always baffles me is you know the any of the football fans, you know your Liverpool, your United, Chelsea fans, their players that they cheer for every week are the same ones they're booing in in an international game. Yeah. You know, Jerry Seinfeld had a good piece of um, sports. He goes, you know, these players change the team, and you know, you know, and then they put on a different jersey. Really, what we're rooting for is the jersey. Yeah, it's just the Pretty uniform much, yeah. that they wear because players change, players come and go, mm-hmm. and now that player he puts on this uniform, and now we're cheering for him. Mm-hmm. And now this player that used to wear the uniform, he goes somewhere else, so we don't cheer for him anymore because he's not wearing our uniform. <laughs> so you, you you take them out of a Liverpool strip and put them in a white English strip, and you know, you hate them. Yeah, it's 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 a baffling concept. Uh, it's 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 quite strange. That was me. That was me. Big royal. Me smile. It's not a big one, but let's let's see. Have you got it? See the see the trailer for Titans. No, I did. I, Titans. I didn't. Season three. I didn't enjoy Titans after season one. It got a little bit too um, sci-fi kind of fantasy for me. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm rewatching. I'm just finishing off season one again, so I have to. Okay. This will be my second time watching season two when it comes around. But for any any comic book fans, they they do the 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 Joker killing joke. Yeah. So you can see in the trailer for anyone that's not familiar, where um, I'm not going to. So they bring in Red Hood as a villain in this one, and they bring in other new characters. But they also in the trailer have the piece of Joker beating Robin with the with the crowbar. Oh shit. Yeah, so it's in it's in the trailer. That's that's from from one of the most famous mm. Batman comics, uh, Death in the Family, which was very interesting. So what they did, what DC did at the time was they had like a phone in service, where you de- where the where the readers decided whether Robin lives or dies. Mm. So um, I remember that right. actually. Yeah, and they chose Death. Mm. <laughs> Joker beats him to death with a with a crowbar, um, and they have just a flash of it in the in the titans trailer so i was like oh that's 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 pretty cool like that's mm. yeah so that's that's me smiles that's me riles so on this week's podcast we are discussing uh self-love cameron has had to jump out so it's just me and dr jane tornator joining us all the way from the united states a self-professed brain geek psychotherapist author speaker jane how are you doing tonight today wherever you are <laughs> I'm great. It's right around lunchtime at my place, so I just had lunch, so I'm like happy. You're, you're good to go. The, the slump hasn't hit you. The, the digestion. That's hasn't, right. Hasn't kicked in about 15 in yet. minutes, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Great. Jen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we kick in in earnest? Yeah. I, uh, oh gosh, I'm from Seattle and I love the water. And, you know, it's a great place to be if you love the water. And I've been a psychotherapist mm. for about 15 years now. And <laughs> you know how people ask you, why did you go into therapy? And the, mm. what I say sometimes is, you know, the concept of the wounded healer, right? Oh, yeah, People yeah. in the therapy I know, know that. One, only too right? well, Jane. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think many of us go into the field because we had some, we had some issues growing up, either internally mm. or with our family mm. or whatever. And I think most yeah. of us are trying to figure out, like, how to not have that happen again. Um, so yeah. uh, honestly, I will be working on myself just getting to know myself more, loving myself more till the day I die. And therapy just, mm. as I was talking to a friend of mine once who's a, a priest and he's a therapist, and he said, I see sitting in therapy as like sacred space. And he said, I get to do it mm. all day long and get paid for it. And I yeah. thought. <laughs> just not in the professional right? booth now. And <laughs> <laughs> get paid for it now. <laughs> Give the absolution. Right, right, right. But. It's, it's a wonderful, I just love being a therapist because one, it keeps me humble and two, it keeps mm. me in my integrity because if I'm not doing my work, how can I expect anybody I'm working with to do their work? Like, okay, you do yeah. a lot of work and I'll, I'll just be, uh, you know, completely unconscious of the, how I'm screwing up. So it's mm. a. Thing, things have changed since the old psychoanalytic days. Thank where, goodness. You know, you didn't have to do anything. You just sat there. Right. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think a lot of therapists we, fell asleep. We have to put in a bit more work than yeah. that. Thank goodness. I'd be, I'd, I'd fall asleep if I couldn't interact. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned the wounded healer yeah. part there, Jane. Is, is there anything you could say a little bit on that around what maybe made you the wounded oh. healer? <laughs> okay. So I have less than an hour. So, uh. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to start in and then just cut me off when it's time? <laughs> and in week one of our interview with Jane, on the six-part series, in this twenty, in this twenty-seven-part series, we will also be discussing. Right. right. Okay. So I'll just, I'll just. You can have that. I think for any therapist. <laughs> Welcome to therapy world. Um, so I'll just yeah. choose a couple. Um, my family, there was a lot of violence and incest in it. So I grew up in what looked like a very safe, normal, healthy family. But the inside, Mm. um, while there was great love, there was some messed up stuff. Um, So Mm. I learned to, what I took from it in my little kid brain was, if I'm perfect, then I, then nobody will be hurt in my family. Like I, as the littlest Mm. one, found myself in my own mind responsible for the safety of my entire family, like everyone in it. And while at the time it made me feel like I had some control, because, you know, as little kids, we have no control, but we we need some sense Mm. of control. Otherwise, the world's unmanageable. So that was my way of of becoming a perfectionist, because then then I can help people. And uh, while it's super awesome when I'm a kid doesn't serve me so well as an adult. And so my whole path in being a therapist is teaching people, oh, compassion, that's the path. Forget the perfection. It's, it's, you know, it's a fine tool every once in a while, but the compassion Mm. is what gets us to who we want to be. And 
it helps me forgive like everybody in my life who screwed up because they're doing their best too, just like I am. And it helps me forgive me. Mm. We have a thing in Ireland, Jen, and it seems to be quite unique. Uh, and it's very difficult to try and explain the concept of notions. Okay, so what notions is in Ireland is you stay in your lane. Ah. You've not to get ideas above your yes. station. So self-love, compassion, stuff like that. We won't be right. having that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a very, very difficult right. concept. Yeah, so next week we have uh, Mark Wallen who wrote the book. It didn't start with you. Ah. and he's, be he's going to be speaking around generational trauma. Um, and... In Ireland, yeah. I mean, Ireland, we've a, we've a fairly checkered history. We were colonized by the British, which has deeply ingrained an inferiority complex in us, um, things like that. So, you know, this this concept of inner critics, inner bullies, self-hatred, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just passed down, passed down, passed down, added on top of Catholic guilt um, and everything, everything that goes along yeah. with that. Um, so the, these are, the, I think it's going to be great, you know, for particularly our, our Irish listeners who are, you know, one of our biggest, but we've listeners all across the world and hopefully they can take to this concept of, of compassion, um, a, a lot easier, but you, you know, you rightly identified there of that piece of the child. Um, and I suppose the, the egocentric child who yep. believes the world begins and ends with them and it's their fault. Mm -hmm. You know, if mommy and daddy are fighting, yep. that's my fault. If mommy and daddy are incapable of loving me. That just means I'm yeah. unlovable, you know, and that's, as you say, you took that on as a, as a child and it's carried you through and yes, not, not always great in adult life, but can be, and I suppose this is, I, I think, and I'm sure you probably see it with a lot of clients as well. That's their kind of way of justifying it, that it, they can achieve great things. Yes. Without it, who am I going to be? This perfectionism and, oh, yeah, exactly. When I was yeah. uh, in grad school, I got super depressed and diagnosed with ADHD. You know, as I'm writing my dissertation, mm. somebody finally says, hey, you might be having trouble. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went to see a psychiatrist to, you know, get medication. And uh, he said, so mm. what do you do for fun? And I just looked at him with a blank look in my eyes. I'm like, what? Mm. What, fun? And he said, Mm. What do you do for fun? I said, I can't have fun. He said, why not? I said, if I allow myself to have any fun, I will just never work again. Like I will just play for the rest of my life and become homeless and never mm. get out of school and never have a job. And I'll just be, my life will be wasted away. And he just looked at me and went, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I want you to have like, what for you is a huge amount of fun. Just for most people would be just a little itty bitty amount of fun. And for you, it would be just, it will be just hedonistic play basically. Mm -hmm. So I joined a soccer yeah. team and I even went out for beers after the game. <laughs> I know, you. right? <laughs> and, I, what, what was, and I graduated. Sorry, Jim, what, what was, uh, what was the, what was it like finding out at that age uh, around the ADHD or oh. did it change things for you or do things make sense? This or, may not surprise you. Was it worse? It, no, it may not surprise <laughs> you. It gave me more compassion. <laughs> because right. previously, Towards yeah, yourself. I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, why is it so hard yeah. for me? Why do I have to work so hard? Why are my papers always late? Why am I always doing all-nighters? Why can't I just like sit down and write like everybody else? Why can't? I just thought it was my weakness, my fault, my laziness. And then once I found yeah. out, oh, my brain is literally falling asleep all the time 
So to sit down and focus, it wasn't enough stimulation. So my brain's like, I'm out of here. Bonk. And so mm. for one, one, I got on a medication and I, and I thought, is this how easy it is for everybody else to study? Because it takes less than half the work than it used to because I could finally focus. <laughs> so it gave me compassion yeah. for going yeah. that far and developing some wicked coping skills to get myself that far with mm. my brain falling asleep all the time. So it gave me both compassion mm. and appreciation for like, oh, that's pretty impressive that I did that. I mean, it's hard enough without ADHD yeah. and, and dyslexia. I got dyslexia <laughs> yeah. too. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I was, had that been diagnosed earlier? Yeah, I was that... diagnosed with that in college. And it's not super bad, but yeah. College? Yeah, yeah, right? Wow. So, but nobody, I mean, I didn't do anything for it. I just misspell and don't mm. don't give me numbers. Just don't give me numbers. Oh, I'm the same. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basic addition and subtraction. That was fairly it's fairly difficult <laughs> for me at the best of times. <laughs> I don't know if I can blame that one on the autism or not, but I got. I, I, I'll try anyway. But one one of the things, yeah, yeah, I give I give it a shot anyway. Um, my girlfriend knows. Like sometimes I just you know if I say anything, I'm. You know, I'll just kind of go, don't make me pull the card. <laughs> you know, I got the card. I got the autism card. It's official. <laughs> but one of the things I found actually after my own diagnosis around uh, autism, which would be high function Asperger's as, as the old the old diagnosis yeah. would be, that that perfectionism is actually a, is, seems to be very common around ADHD wow. and, um, and autism as well. Um, so I, I especially relate there to that piece around fun. In fact, I remember... Uh, a couple uh, years ago now at this point in, in my own therapy and discussing that that need for fun in my own life and i just i remember thinking how pathetic it was at the time <laughs> that i had to go and google things to do that are fun it was that bad i had to i had to google it of what what do you do that's fun yeah <laughs> Uh, I, I certainly, I certainly relate to that, and uh, and for, fortunately, in my own relationship, uh, you know, particularly on my own perfectionism, that um, she knows if I say or do the wrong thing, she knows nothing she says or does will come close to the beating that right. I'm giving myself in my own head. Right. She she knows like, oh, you're off. You know, I, I don't need to say anything. You're, you know, nothing I say is going to be any worse than how you're going to yeah. treat yourself in your own head yeah. at the moment. So I have a theory. And tell me what you what your experience is. Mm. Not the whole reason, but I think one of the reasons we beat ourselves up so much, at least in my case, is if I beat myself up, it's like preemptive beating. So nobody else will beat me up because I'm already doing such a superb job that they're like, oh, my God, yeah. leave her alone. You're just going to kill her if you add something to it. So is that your experience? Yeah. You're just like, stop yeah. I'm doing it enough. You don't need to. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, around that piece and, and normally, you know, normally with the other host, Cameron or Peter or Michelle, you know, they, they play the, the lay person. So it's difficult for me that I have to unknow right? what I know. <laughs> so I, I have to ask you the questions from the point of view of, of, of the listeners. Can, can you explain a little piece? And I, I would have touched on it in the podcast previously, but can you explain a little bit around um, the kind of things that feed into this inner critic to this inner bully, this this perfectionist part, the kind of experience that would be had in childhood, which lead to these, I, I, I see it in the own clients, they're just mm. so deeply ingrained. I mean, these these pieces don't go away with a little bit of CBT. No. Nope. 
<laughs> you know, this, this these are so deeply ingrained. This self hatred, this inner bully, this inner yeah. critic. Can can you maybe speak a little bit from your experience, perhaps, in from yourself or from your own client work of the experiences that lead to that deep inner this yeah. this part? Um, I think part of it is like the experience like I had as a child of when life feels unsafe, it feels safer for us to make it about us. So I think that's bottom line. If we live up, in, if we grow up in an environment where safeness is not, you know, just something to rest in, then mm. um, it has to be us screwing up because it's not safe enough to see the adults and go, oh my God, they're crazy. I am screwed. I'm never going to grow up. Mm. That's not, mm. our little psyches cannot handle that. We have to be able to trust them. Yeah. Even if they're violent, even if they're drug abusers, this is what we need to do as little kids. It's like, you're here to keep me safe. And it's all unconscious. But so it has to be our fault because mm. it's, it's safer to blame us than them. So number yeah, one. Because we need that relationship. Exactly. We need that relationship. Because I parents. don't know about you. So it has to yeah, be our Yeah, I couldn't fault. go out at five and support myself. No, couldn't have done it, right? No. And my situation was not <laughs> as bad as many people's, and I still took it seriously to heart. Um, the second thing is, and I don't know if they do this in Ireland, and they don't do it as much here, but I grew up hearing, bad girl. Don't do that. Bad girl. You're a bad girl. And... Mm -hmm. You no, know, prior, prior to the age of seven, we hear things and we don't have the cognitive ability to go, that's a bunch of crap, right? That's stupid. Stop that. Yeah. Don't say that. That's not right. We hear, oh, I'm bad. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And it becomes like a big T truth in us. And I remember I was 35, I think, and I was sitting in an auditorium where this child expert was up on the stage and she said, um, kids' values, kids' value is not equal to their actions. And I'm sitting in the audience, my little grad student self going, okay, I know she's the expert, but she's wrong. If I do something bad, I am bad. At mm. 35, this is what I believed because nobody told me otherwise. Like from under seven, I kept at it. But I was a curious mm. person. So I thought, well, maybe there's a reason she's up on the stage and I'm not up on the stage. So maybe <laughs> let's think a little bit about what she's saying. And I, I just realized that, wow, if, so in, in my mind, if I did something bad, I was bad. But in my mind, if I did something good, it was not that I was good. It was just like, well, that was a lucky thing to happen. Like how that, I don't know how that yeah. came out because I'm bad. Yeah. So yeah. all my actions yeah. were, made me bad always. There was never a balance point. So there's that. So when I hear people say bad girl, I'm like, oh, no, say, I don't like this action. The action, not okay. Mm. I love you. This action, not going to continue. Mm. Right? Very different message. Mm. So when we hear we are bad, we take it as truth. Absolutely. And it's not our actions. It is all of us. So those are the two things mm. I find most that create this. Mm. Oh, and there's the other thing that everybody not everybody but many people learn to motivate themselves by beating themselves up and so we just yeah. teach that to everybody this is what's going to work you beat yourself up until you get that project done or you get that paper done or whatever you just you just beat yourself up and that's how you do it i'm like okay this is mm. this is how we do it because if we don't we're all going to come you know hedonistic jerks <laughs> 
<laughs> I, th- I think though you know particularly around the perfectionism you know you you, know, you, say you beat yourself up to get that project done and then it's on to the next project and then it's on to the next project and then it's on to the next project it's constantly chasing after something that you know is going to give you that validation or well if i just do this yes. i'll be good enough nah, you know i know i need to do this this is going and if that if i do that that'll make it's me a bottomless hole and if i do this but then i don't get that grade that let's just prove yes. i'm not good enough it's it's just constantly it's you just it's a hamster wheel constantly chasing after that next experience to be exactly it's like looking for our value outside of ourselves and if we don't have it inside and the trick and it's it's not necessarily oh just love yourself it's you go now now yeah right it's Mm -hmm. but that if we don't have that inner sense of value nothing outside is ever 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 going to fill that bucket like nothing, like you said, it's just a constant yeah. on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Mm. So can mm. I share with you something that I do? Because, you know, I, I learned this. Please do. I learned this nasty brain. So I'm a brain geek and I'm always reading about how the brain works. And one of the things I learned mm. is that acetylcholine, um, mm. our brain produces it under three circumstances. One, when we're being punished, which, you know, we're familiar with that. Two, when we're being we're getting mm-hmm. a reward, and three, if if our brain knows that it's important to us, and in any of those three cases, acetylcholine is going to come on board and go right brain. We got to learn this, so I'm producing this chemical to make sure these pathways are myelinated because remember this, this is important. So I learned yeah. this, and I'm very good at their punishment. But I thought, well, how do we do this reward and punish or reward and and importance thing? So. I started, your, your Irish listeners are going to hate this, Alan. I started walking around going, <laughs> yay me, every time I finished even a stupid thing, right? Oh, oh I, I can hear them. I can hear them from here, Jen. The podcast hasn't come out yet, and I can, they've just heard you, and they're like, fucking Americans. I know, right? What is wrong with <laughs> That's them? what they're saying right now. I know. And it got to the point, and they're going to especially love this, is... Mm. I did it so I was doing and I was creating a new um, program that was online. I'd never done it before. And so I was learning a whole bunch of new stuff. And I was like, I'm never going to do this. I'm awful. This sucks. And it's going to be awful. Nobody's going to like it. So I just kept Mm -hmm. saying, you finished that email. Good for you. Nice job. You did it. Right. And Mm -hmm. this is the power of neural pathways. I did that enough. And oh, my God, you're just going to. So I woke up one morning and I've been doing it so much because I was like almost 24 seven working on this program. I woke up, got out of bed, and went, yay me! I got out of bed! (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, wow, this neural pathway stuff really works. That's not something I would generally praise myself for. (laughs) But that's how powerful acetylcholine is. Mm. And It's like the highlighter in our brain. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to Remember this. I love that. Remember this. Yeah, Yeah. so I got my way through the creation of the program in a much happier state, like I was celebrating myself mm. and doing it versus always around going, I'm not done yet and it's gonna suck and I should have done that. And so my state doing it was happier. And here's what I always know about self-compassion. Like I worked with um, caregivers most of my life. I specialized in Alzheimer's from the eighties and uh, or since the eighties. Oh. And every single caregiver I've worked with, I 
work with them on self-care because they're spending all their time caring for their loved one who has dementia, right? It's a lot of work. They're living two mm. lives. Um, and I always say to them, the better you take care of yourself, the better caregiver you will be. And they will not believe me. No, no, no. If I take care of myself, yeah. I'm gonna, they're going to die, basically. And mm. every single time, every single time they come back to me and they say, you know, I'm a better caregiver because I'm taking care of myself. And I'm like, right? But we don't believe it until we experience it. The same thing with self-compassion. You know, I told you that six right? months ago. Could have saved yourself a fortune. <laughs> I know. And the same thing with self-compassion. The more compassion we have for ourselves, mm. the kinder we are to others. Always. It. Ne you want to be kinder to people? Start with yourself. It. It's how it works. If we're constantly yeah. beating ourselves up, not only does it take a lot of energy, I mean, like, you know, it takes a lot of energy to constantly be calling ourselves assholes. <laughs> mm. We free that oh, up. Totally. Think of what we can, the compassion we can give to others. Jeez. Mm. We make the world better by loving when, ourselves more. I know. I know this is radical. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change it. You work with you work with families, and your fam family therapist. When I was doing uh, when I was doing my degree, and we were doing family systems and stuff like that, um, I had a, the tutor I had at the time. We had a we had a very good discussion, and we were talking about work with families. And he he gave a, a very Irish expression. He goes, "Why the fuck would you work with families? Isn't it hard enough trying to work yeah. with one person?" <laughs> now he might have been just trying to protect his turf. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't want other family therapists moving in, but it's a whole other it's a whole other area working it's, with families. What 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 drew you to that work? Because it's how my mind works. I, when I was trying to figure out what school, because I was an English literature major, I didn't do any psychology in college. I didn't know what I was doing, so I went around mm. all the schools in my area and was interviewing them to find out like what they did. And I was talking to one guy in some psych department, and he said, "You sound like a family therapist," and and I said, "What's that?" I didn't, I hadn't heard of it. He said, go to this department. So mm. I went there and I was talking to them and I thought, this is how I think we are systems. We are influenced by everyone around us, both mm -hmm. our family and our environment and our friends and our work. We are a product of our systems. And the, what I, what I love about family systems therapy is frequently I just work with individuals, but I always have that systems yeah. perspective and, and, if we change ourselves, we do change our system. If we become healthier, mm. our system becomes healthier. It just, it's how it works. So it gives me a lot of hope to, to work from a systems perspective because, you know, we try to change people. I mean, I don't know about you, but I frequently want other people to change for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work. They will not. I can't. I can't. No, I have a hard enough no. time changing myself. <laughs> so, mm. but if we do change ourselves, people around us respond. And if we are more kind and compassionate, people around us are going to go, what's up with that water? What's, she seems mm. happier. I feel better around her. Huh. And then they might start getting on this, well, she feels good to be around when she's compassionate to herself. Maybe I can make other people good. Because hmm. most of us don't want to screw other people. Most of us want other people to be happy. When we're happy, yeah. we want other people to be happy. When we're hurt, we want to hurt other people. Yeah. One of the things we say on the podcast, hurt people, exactly. hurt people.
Exactly. Mm. Yep, it's true. One of the, one of the things I did want to ask you about, Jane, is your body oh, test method. Thank you. If you could maybe say a little bit more yes. about that for us. So one of the um, things I learned as a little kid, and I don't know if they do in Ireland, but I heard you can't be hungry. It's not dinner time, or or you just ate. Why are you hungry? Or I don't care if you're tired. It's yeah. bedtime. Or I don't care if you're sleepy. Wake up. We're basically told time and time again, don't pay attention to your body. Pay attention to what I'm telling you, which mm. is great for parents. It makes it easier for them and no, no blame on the parents. But we learn unconsciously, mm. oh, my body isn't trustworthy. I shouldn't pay attention. I'll just stay up here between my chin and the top of my head and I'm good there. Well, the problem yeah. is like, yeah. the... Um, the parasympathetic, you know, our nervous system, the parasympathetic and sympathetic, the, mm. the rest, mm. digest, and heal, and the fight or flight, that nervous system, 80% of the neural pathways along the main nerve, the ventral vagal, goes from our body to our brain. 20% goes from our brain to our body. So think of all the information we are missing when we're like, nope, not paying attention to my body. And mm. we here in the United States are very good at ignoring our body. Oh, here too. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. So one of the things I do that I, I've done for over 20 years, and I was talking to somebody and she said, why don't you tell people about that? I thought, this is me and my therapist mode. I mean, not everybody does it. She's like, no, no, <laughs> I don't know anybody else who does it. And there are lots of people. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying I invented this. But what I do mm. is when I don't know the answer and I you know, I've, have all the data, and I don't know the right answer, which is most of our decisions. Like we're making a crapshoot when we decide most of the time. I hope it goes well. So I used to cycle around or not. I don't know. Maybe I should have done it something different. I'd make a decision and I would continue to litigate it in my mind. So I was worrying about something that I already decided. It, so it was useless worry. So, and I was also in grad school and <laughs> I was in one of the best marriage and family therapy programs in the country in the United States and half the half the uh, professors were divorced most of my fellow students and I were on anti-anxiety or antidepressants or both <laughs> there was infighting in the department they were using the students to infight between the and I thought okay so clearly just theory is not what makes people healthy so I decided to start looking in this, into this intuition thing. And what I found is my body is talking to me all the time, but I'd stopped listening to it. Uh, especially because, you know, I survived incest. You don't pay attention to your body. It's just like, nope, it's not, it's not here. So I started this thing and I don't, I don't even remember where I learned it. But when I ask a question, I say, what's the best thing for me to do? And I close my eyes and I stand straight, just loose. And for me, a yes, I lean slightly forward. For me, a no, not, not under that, I lean slightly back. Everybody does different stuff. Some people feel more grounded mm -hmm. with yes or no. Some people feel lighter with yes or no. Some people, they have different things. So everybody's body speaks to them differently. Mine leans forward for yes, no yeah. for no. So I started doing it on little things because I learned that brain is king and not even queen, brain is king, right? 
And, mm. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm right. Oh, next week's episode. <laughs> episode number 530. Um, I said, when I was walking home from school, I'd say, is it best for me to turn left or right here? And then I just go that way. And so what I was doing is proving to my little ego, I'm not going to die if I listen to my body. I'm not going to, nothing bad's going to happen. And I can safely say after 25 years of doing this, I've never regretted listening to my body's yes or no. So I created mm. a little thing called the body test method on my website to people can download for free if they want to experiment. But what it really does is, you know, when, when you come from a, a, a house where it doesn't feel safe, especially when you come from incest, you learn not to trust yourself. Just self-trust mm. is not like, for me, it's like, what did I do wrong? Why, why did this happen? What did I do? Why well, didn't do anything? And so yeah. my body, for me, betrayed me. So for me, it was a huge, huge healing to learn, oh, my body has its own intelligence. And I get to use both. I will use both my body wisdom and my brain wisdom. And then I'm, I, I usually make better decisions when both are on board versus just one or the other. But in doubt, Alan, I will listen to my body. Sometimes, mm. sometimes I want to do the other thing anyway, and I do. Because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. L last week we had Lloyd on. Lloyd had been a listener, and he emailed us in about emotional repression, and we spoke about defense mechanisms. And one of the things that I touched upon last week, and we mentioned it in the podcast before, is this mistake that we are thinking creatures yes. that feel when in fact we're actually feeling creatures exactly. that think. Before we have logic, before we have cognition, yes. we feel. The, the baby doesn't know what the concept of hunger is. It just feels a pain. The, the baby doesn't know what, you know, hot and cold is. It just feels discomfort in the heat yeah. or in the cold. Then we, then, you know, the brain kicks in, the prefrontal cortex kicks in and we, and we deal with all of that. But prior to all of that, we feel. Yeah, always. And then we get caught up. We get caught up, as you said, between the <laughs> between the neck, uh, from, from the neck upwards. And I think it is hugely important that we, we do bring that awareness to the body and to that, I suppose, the felt sense, yeah. the felt piece, but particularly the it feeling. It really is because, you know, that self-rejection we talked about, rejecting our body is a big part of the self-rejection, the self-denial, mm. the self like what? I don't matter. It's not, that's not, I'm not important enough to want to be, you know, yeah. to, advocate for my comfort it's just i put other people i think mm. means other people it's not okay shut up yeah but but you know and without speaking on your own behalf what you know certainly from what i know of working with clients and unfortunately ireland has a horrific history of mm. sexual abuse uh, both familial and institutional um you know for people that experience that sexual abuse in, in childhood they cut off yes. from their bodies and they cut off from yep. the feeling and become very cognitive and, you know, because like, like being, you know, being in that body wasn't right. safe and those feelings and those experiences weren't safe. And, you know, I want to, want to get yeah. away from that. And Alan, you know, if we're feeling brains who think, imagine the energy it takes to repress that. I mean, there's so much of our life force yeah. going into repression. Oh my goodness. I mean, mm. that's why people explode, I think. It, okay, so this is total theory. Mm. I don't know if this is true, but I think one of the reasons mm. we explode no, agree. Mm, is yeah. there's so much energy repressing that when it gets through, we've got nothing to go, 
hey, you might not want to do that right now. It's not going to work out super well. It's like, boom, it's gone because we've repressed it yeah, so much. Yeah, too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when emotions are high, logic is low. So it's um, once you open the floodgates. It's gone. Our, it's, our, it's not, our frontal cortex is off, off, offline. It's not, it's not helping yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reality of it is, is that it seeps out in one way or another. <laughs> Yep. So yes, you, you think you're repressing it, but it's going to it's going to manifest. Yeah, people manifest notice. <laughs> yeah. So outside of the outside of the yeehaw and the yay me and all of the other things <laughs> Which we associate with do. you lovely positive Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, our third biggest listenership is the state, so they'll be like, "Oh, what do you mean? You are your start. You don't know this shit. We do this every day. <laughs> We're brilliant." <laughs> what? what what else do you think could help people that, that may be stuck in that perfectionist thinking or in that critical piece? What, what would be some advice that you could give to, oh, to those around? I will give you my favorite piece of advice, which I will, if I talk to someone more than five minutes, this will be coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> if I were queen of the world, I would ban should, must, have to, need. Mm. because they make us feel like crap. If we listen to our body when we say, I should do that, I need to do that, I got to do that, I have to do that, we mm. automatically increase stress. And the brilliant thing about, especially about should, is when we use the word should, we're already failing. Because if we should do it, we should have already done it. So even if we do it, we get no benefit because, well, it's, it's you're fucking late. It's too late. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm. So yeah. Yeah. those words create stress. We learned, I learned, to motivate myself. And I've had arguments with friends like, no, should is how I get myself to do stuff. I'm like, okay, you do you, but it's going to be a lot more work. Mm. So <laughs> I would change it to, um, it, it would be helpful or it's a good idea because stuff is usually mm. on our list because it is important to do. It is a good idea, but it doesn't create the same stress in our body to say, yeah, it would, it is a good idea. It's just like, yeah, that's why it's on my list. Do I want to? Not necessarily. But it is a good mm. idea. And I'll be happy when it's done. Yes, I will. So this is how I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I live alone, so I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, can you tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you? Uh, about your book, about your website, about your body test method, all of that. Where can people, where can people Thank find you. out more? My website is, oh, you're going to love, you're going to love the website name. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> okay. Just take a deep breath, everyone. Um, everydaylove.me. <laughs> I thought that was perfect for my message. So there, mm. if um, you sign up for my newsletter, which once again, love the Irish listeners. I call them love notes. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, you will get a free PDF of my book, which is everything is perfect. Just not me, which I basically wrote for me because I, mm. that message is important for me to hear again and again and again. I'm fine. I, you know, I think everything else is perfect and I suck, but I'm actually fine. I'm not perfect. Absolutely true, but I'm fine. I'm doing the best I can. Yes, I am. And that's what's mm. important that I just keep doing the best I can. And I think I heard you say, when I'll do bet, when I do better, when I can do better, I will. 
Mm. I'll do the best I can. When we know yes. better, we do better. Exactly. It's forgiving ourselves for not knowing better before. Like so many of my clients, when they finally mm. come to this, oh my God, seriously, this is possible? They always grieve all the time they didn't know it was possible. It's like they're forgiving all their past yeah. selves for how much they kept screwing up and doing the things that were not helpful, but they didn't know. So I think actually the thing I would, I would love to leave the listeners with is um, forgive yourself whenever you can. And I think we need to forgive ourselves way more than anybody else. Lovely. Jane, thank you thank so you, much. Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing it's your time delightful. with us. Thank you for the rest of the world is going, oh my God, this is lovely. <laughs> it's just the Irish people that are going, fucking Americans. <laughs> but I assure you, everyone else in every other country is going, oh wow, I'm, I'm going to start loving myself. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Straight Talking Self-Love with Dr. Jane Tornator. Little does Jane know, she just know what the crack is, but we had the crack. So Jane, when you're listening back, that was the crack, and we certainly had it. Huge thank you to Jane for joining us with all her great advice and everything that a lot of people, everyone else around the world can take. Irish people, I know it's a little bit difficult to take, but she's right. When you start to love yourself and start to be kind to yourself, there's a lot more to be in it. Next week on the podcast, we have a very special guest. You would have heard the book mentioned in one of our previous episodes where we had the episode on the inner child with Fraser Morgan. You may have heard Fraser mention the book. It didn't start with you. That was written by Mark Wallen. We're blessed next week to have Mark on the show. He's going to talk about how inherited family trauma shapes who we are and how to end that cycle more importantly. If you got any questions for Mark, slide into the DMs, hit us up on the social media, email us. How do you do that? Well, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's S-T-R-A Talking Pod. If you want to reach out on the website, our website is stmhpodcast.com. If you want to email us, it's hello at stmhpodcast.com. If you want to get us on Facebook, you can do that. Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, the same for Instagram. Slide into the DMs. We're cool with that. In the meantime, big shout out to Mr. Fiona O'Brien. You've heard him on Love Island now. If you're one of those people that watches Love Island, his track featured on one of the shows. I don't know what it is. I don't watch it. But big shout out to Fiona. He hooked us up with the theme music. We gave him a start. This is where it all started for him. We're happy to have helped him out. Of course not. But we're going to ride on his coattails as much as we can. So big shout out to Fiona for the music. And a big shout out to Aideen O'Brien from Digital Design Lab who helped us out with the graphics in the past. As usual, we're going to leave the last word with our guest. So a huge thank you to Jane. We're going to leave her with her words of wisdom or her lessons as she's learned from this life. But in the meantime, folks, look after yourselves and look after each other. Jane, one, one of the things, you've absolutely been fantastic. I'm conscious of the time and I know you've, you've clients to get to because it's it's middle of the day for you. It's, it's, it's nighttime here for us. One of the things that we do on the podcast with any of the guests that we have on is that we ask them to give some words of wisdom, some inspirational quotes, some life lesson learned, something they've taken from life that, that, that they would like to share with the world. Um, is there anything you'd like the people around the world to, to know? Any life lesson or learning or well, I suppose a little bit more advice you could, you could give to yeah, the people. Besides the one I would say on my deathbed, the should must have to need. There's another one that I love mm. that I use a lot is hell is wanting the present moment to be different. It's basic. Wow. I don't know if you know Byron Katie, but she does something called the work and she's one of her quotes is you can argue with your reality. You can argue with what's happening and you're only wrong 
a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and then we say it shouldn't be this way, but it is. So you can just keep it that hamster wheel. It's going to do nothing. Or you can come into, okay, so this is how it is. How am I going to be with it? Like, oh, your listener, the musician was brilliant. I love that podcast. He said it. He basically said, I don't know if there's meaning. You know, they say things happen for a reason. He said, I don't know if there's that. Mm. I'm totally paraphrasing. But he said, I'm going to make mm. my meaning out of it. I'm going to make it mean something. And that's our power. Mm. Shit happens all the time. And you in Ireland have certainly experienced that through millennia, right? <laughs> it's how yeah. we are with the shit that is happening. That's our power in life. And we can either love ourselves doing it or we can hate ourselves doing it. I know which I think is going to make the world a better place. Mental health. Mental health. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. 